I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. On behalf of the family, I'd like to welcome you all here this morning for this celebration of life for Catherine Jane Whalen. I'd like to begin with a word of prayer. Merciful Father, we commit this time to you, and we pray that it is glorifying to your Son, Jesus Christ, as we read Scripture, as we listen to songs, as we listen to testimony and memories. We pray that everything that we do brings glory to Jesus and also honors our dear Kay. Our hearts are heavy this morning, and... Uh, we pray that you comfort us in this time. We commit this service to you and once again ask that you be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Kay, as I called her, and many of you did, probably all of you, she was born on March 10, 1942. She went to be home with her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, just the other day, August 3, 2021. Kay was a, a loving wife. Uh, a mother, a grandmother, a great-grandmother. She was preceded to death by her brother, Raymond Rogers, parents, Lee Rogers and Catherine Nipper. She will be lovingly remembered by her husband of 59 years, Albert Don Whalen, children Jennifer and David Doyle and Patrick Whalen, grandchildren Megan and Derek Van Bleet, James and Jessica Doyle, Daniel Doyle, Matthew Doyle, Timothy and Michaela Doyle, there's a lot of Doyles here, <laughs> and four great-grandchildren, Cohen, Levi, Miles, and Lydia. You know, I have to say that Kay was my friend. She was a friend to me. She was a sister in Christ as well. She enriched my life in a number of ways. She actually strengthened my faith. As a pastor, you need to have your faith strengthened all the time, and she was one person in my life that actually did that for me, and uh, whenever I went to pray for her, as we all know, she'd been very sick for a while, but whenever I, I went to pray for her or pray for her over the phone or, or any of that stuff, as soon, soon as I was finished praying, she wouldn't let me totally finish. She would interrupt me, hey, hey don't say amen, I'm going to pray for you now. And, and she, would, she would pray for me, and I would listen to her pray, and, and I think, why am I a pastor? This woman prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, but she always had this heart of, of just wanting to minister to others. And um, th that is something that, that I will miss terribly. Um, you know, not all Christians are like Kay. She was unique in that she always wanted to minister to others. And uh, she also loved to give hugs and kisses on the cheek. She would always give hugs and kisses. And one of the things, too, that's probably most notable from my perspective was her fiery spirit. Boy, was it a fiery spirit. Uh, I, would, I would liken her to a comet shining brightly in the night sky. And she literally lit up the lives of those who met her and knew her. And an interesting 
tidbit is that Kay actually planned this day months ago. She told Dave and Jen what verses she wanted read and what songs she wanted play, played during her celebration of life. I, I'm thinking it was probably more like a list of demands <laughs> rather than suggestions. Doesn't that sound like her? I want this played. I want that played. These things point to Jesus. I want this done. Well, what about this? I want this done. I want, just, there's, just no, there's just no bargaining. The common denominator in, in, in what she chose for this morning is Jesus. The common denominator in her life was Jesus. She loved Jesus fervently and passionately, and, and that inspired people like me, and I'm sure people like you. She always wanted to make much of Jesus, always, and today... She's with Jesus, but today is no different. She wanted us to make much of Jesus here today. With that being said, I'd like to uh, invite David to come forward and share some memories. There will be a few people that will come up, a few songs and things, and I'll give you a message toward the end. But uh, David, it's all yours. Thanks, Phil. Those that don't know me, I'm the son-in-law, David Doyle. I first heard of Kay's passing uh, this past Tuesday when my dad and I were flying back from Denver for his brother's service. And uh, we land, and Jenny's like, text me. I'm like, all right, what happened? You know, the kids in town and stuff going on. And so when she told me, that was the last thing I was expecting. And dad kind of looks at me and it's like, are you ready for this one? And he, I said, Jen's dad, or Jen's mom passed away. He's still looking at me. I said, yes, K. He's like, K? So we pretty much sat there for about 10 minutes not saying anything, just, you know, trying to get back here to Modesto. So um, over the years, K worked as a nurse in nursing school. She was a president of her class. She was very uh, proud of that accomplishment. She also worked many years at uh, Big Valley Christian School as a teacher's aide. Uh, but her greatest uh, pride and joy were her grandkids. Um, always there for them, always asking what needed to be done, who can be driven where, who needs to go where, when can they come over. And, and probably the one thing she was probably disappointed is that Jenny and I didn't have more. <laughs> She's like, are you going to get me any more? you going to get me any more? Five's not enough. <laughs> but they were her pride and joy. Um, first time I met Kay, mom, was... Um, it was 81, I guess, right? Summer of 81, fair was going on. Me and Buddy got tickets to go see Bill Cosby, of all people. <laughs> so <laughs> we stopped by to pick her up. I was dating somebody else at the time. We walked in and um, said our hellos and stuff. And then uh, her mom made a comment about, so you'll be home at 9? And I said, well, I was thinking 2. And she goes, well, you're both wrong. So, you know, I already knew, okay, this one's got a spirit about her. So um, that night when Jenny got home, I guess her mom asked everything was, how'd everything go, and how about Jeff, and this sort of thing. And her mom goes, how about that other guy? It's like, mom, he's dating somebody else. Well, a couple years later, here we are, right? So, so she always takes credit for picking me out. So <laughs> over the years, she's gone by many names, uh, some of these in good humor, always uh, 
kidding, you know, she's gone by mom, mother, mother-in-law, mother and outlaw, K, Auntie K, Jane, Katie Jane, Janie, Crazy Jane, Tawaka Jane, Lurky Lacking, which in Gaelic means crazy girl, and, and that's the easier version of that. Um, gypsy, uh, Grandmother, Grandmother Buttercup, which I think Daniel came up with that term for. Great Grandma Boot, or great grandchildren. Uh, gorgeous or beautiful was what you heard constantly when her and Matthew were on the phone with each other. Hello, beautiful. Hello, gorgeous. So, But the one name that she would want everybody to know and, and that she always would bring, her back, bring herself back to that, you know, she'd be known as she was a sinner saved by grace. She knew that. And, you know, she wasn't perfect, but, you know, like Pastor Phil said, you know, she loved the word. And, and she loved to talk about her Lord. Um, she was also my uh, political and uh, religious study partner for many years. Thankfully, the last few years, we got away from the, the political stuff where we'd be pulling our hair out. But, you know, for, for many years, she worked and, and gave time to traditional family coalition, uh, right for life. Uh, she was very adamant about those those things back in the... 80s, I would say, but, you know, it was always, you know, she's like, what are you reading? What are you studying? What are you watching? And then she'd come over, and, and it would, we'd spend hours either watching a sermon series or, or something together, and it would start out maybe with a room full of us, and I'd look around, and it's like, it's just me and her sitting there. She's like, and that, that would end. She's like, what's next? You know, put it on. Or if I couldn't find a book, it was probably at her house, her list of stuff that she was reading. She also loved her family here at Redemption Hill. Pastor Phil, Pastor Cam, Brother Bruce, who couldn't be here today, uh, you know, always asking me, how are they doing? How's the church doing? If we had prayers for somebody, she was constantly asking how they're doing. You know, she attended as faithfully as she could, but the last uh, few months, you know, her health just didn't allow it, but she was constantly asking, you know, how's everybody doing? And, you know, who can I pray for? Who can I lift up? That's kind of kind of woman she was. Last few years, honestly, were a little tough on her, going through cancer treatment, in and out of the hospital, trying to get on her feet, and she wanted to get on her feet because she wanted to help out somebody. She had things to do, people to see. You know, she wanted to get home and help out. But uh, mercifully, you know, last Tuesday, the Lord took her home. She had more tests coming up. She had possibly maybe the possibility of facing more radiation, but uh, God's perfect timing and his grace, he took her home. So she had a little saying that uh, all of us in the family knew, and when you go to end a phone call with her, as many of us know, you'd start to say goodbye, and it was 20 minutes later, it would finally wrap up. I, I, I don't know how many times I'd look at Jen going, didn't you just say goodbye? Like, but, you know, just getting the last word in, or as Phil said, giving orders, you know, wanting stuff done, that sort of thing. But anytime, um, you know, you'd finally hang up, you'd, you'd wrap up and say, I love you. And the reply would be, love you more than tongue can tell. And with that, we're going to miss her more than tongue can tell.
traveling through this world alone there is no sickness torn or danger in that fair land to which I go
Mic check. Um, <clears throat> in a situation like this, uh, sorry, um, my mom would be the person that I would uh, come to for advice or the shoulder I would be able to cry on. And, uh, you know, I know she, uh, she's in a better place, and, and I do truly believe that. At the same time, I wish she was here. Um, she almost sounds cheesy, but it's like, um, you know, she told so many people how much she loved them. And uh, a lot of people here that she really cared about. <clears throat> and, uh, but she meant it. You know, it wasn't a, as much of a drama queen as she could be sometimes. It wasn't uh, phony. It was she, she really meant it. And uh, I don't have any, I've been racking my brain trying to think of like a, good, you know, some sort of story or anecdote that um, would sum up her personality or whatever, and I, I couldn't really do it. But I will say that um, growing up, I, she was such an encouragement, and the, you know, uh, Jenny and Dave's kids and everyone that knew her probably knows um, That by encouragement, I mean that um, anything I was ever interested in or that I cared about, it was like she cared about it because she loved me. <laughs> so whether it was going to the library and uh, getting uh, dorky books about history or if it was, you know, Star Wars or... Um, you know, a little later, I got really into music, and uh, she was always so encouraging, and I remember she would uh, surprise you. Of course, she, you know, loved the Lord so much, but she, she liked some uh, secular things. You know, there was music and movies and things from when she grew up, and I remember, you know, sometimes I would uh, be playing my guitar in my room, and some, like, uh, my mutated weird version of a Metallica riff or something and she would just tell me that's really pretty that's neat you know <laughs> and it wasn't it was like she uh, had an ear for art and um, she loved uh, film and um, boy she sure loved the Lord and she loves her family anyway I um, <clears throat> I had decided today to read Isaiah 53, um, the, I guess the Lord put it on my heart. Um, when I was a kid, uh, she got me involved in a few different things, you know, just trying to find things I was good at. And one of them was there was sort of a speech competition type thingy that uh, through my school, Big Valley, when I was a kid. 
And um, one of the things I did was I memorized Isaiah 53. Well, I was 11 or something, so I don't remember it. So I'm going to attempt to read it without stumbling. Isaiah 53. Anybody that doesn't know, I'm legally blind, so that's why I'm like that. <laughs> oh, Bible's making feedback. It's like a theremin. Okay. Um, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him, a tender shoot, and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty. That we should look upon him. Nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And like, oops, sorry, <laughs> and like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shearing, shearers, excuse me. <laughs> so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation who cons oh, and for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. His grave with, was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would, if he would render himself as a guilt offering, 
he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many, as he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great, and he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. And I know that um, everybody says, you know, what a, my mom wasn't perfect, but boy, she sure, she really, truly loved and showed me how to love people. And um, she loved the Lord, and I think uh, I think he often spoke through her. Anyway, uh, I love you all, and I, I appreciate you all being here so much.
I'm Daniel. I'm Kay's grandson. Uh, I was just sitting in uh, thinking about how grateful I am that, you know, out of everyone that, uh, that, I, <clears throat> that I got to be her grandson and that she was my grandma. Um, just what a blessing that is and how thankful I am. Um, you know, she was such a light everywhere she went. Um, these past couple of years, um, through her treatment and everything, I got to spend uh, quite a bit of time with her, taking her to appointments and and different things. And um, just even in the midst of that, she was still just a light to those around her. And um, I can remember, you know, through treatment, having to shave her head, and even in that process, her uh, being goofy and uh, us laughing through it and, um, you know, going to the wig store because she wanted to look for some wigs and just trying on certain <laughs> wigs and her kids just in the wig store being goofy and uh, just, you know, even encouraging other women in there who were, you know, losing their hair and um, putting a smile on their face as well and just even, um, you know, with the cancer doctors and the nurses just sitting in the room and her praying for the nurse, you know, asking um, the nurse in there, what she has going on in her life, and, you know, sitting there and taking the time uh, to pray for the nurse and her family, and, um, you know, even taking her to the post office because she wanted to mail, I think, James something, and um, just her trying to help people in the post office <laughs> and, and run the line, and just, um, yeah, so just grateful for the memories that, you know, I have of her, and, um, just that I had her as my grandma and the blessing and the light that she was. And um, she had wanted John chapter 17 um, read. That was uh, 
Jesus' prayer to the Father. Um, so John chapter 17. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him, and this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me. And they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as you are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them, even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. I know most people here, but for those that don't, uh, I'm James. I'm Kay's oldest grandson. Whew. Whew. Trying to get through this.
Uh, over the past couple of days, I had some circumstances where uh, I could come out of state uh, to visit grandma uh, in the state that she's been living in. Um, for those that don't know me, I left uh, Modesto in 2010. Um, now I live in Washington with my beautiful wife and Kay's uh, only granddaughter at this time. Um, some circumstances set up where I was able to get away from where we live. Um, my seven-month pregnant wife encouraged me to go home and see my immediate family that's here. Um, I had pretty much been talking to my mom quite a bit where grandma was at, and we didn't know how much longer we were going to have her. And by God's grace, I was able to fly on Saturday. Um, me and Daniel, my brother, were able to visit with her uh, Saturday and Monday before she passed. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, one of the passages that um, my grandma over the years, uh, while I was away, I've been in the Army. I'm now in law enforcement. Um, and one of the chapters that grandma actually had memorized that me and Daniel read with her on Saturday, um, Psalm 23. So for those of you that have a program, if you want to follow along, uh, this is the word of the living God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Uh, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, my time overseas, uh, a few times I was able to email back and forth with my parents. Um, this was one of the chapters that Grandma Kay always either wrote me in letters my time away or encourage me through emails. Um, this is probably one of the most known psalms, not only within the church, but also within the world. Um, one of the things that me and Daniel were able to go through with Grandma and encourage her, and again, her encouraging us on Saturday was actual, what is the focus of this psalm? Um, a lot of the time the world likes to turn this psalm into something of bravado, of man making his way through this valley of death. But as we went through with Grandma and she encouraged us, is that when you actually look at verse 4, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that this valley and this death and this valley, um, when we have shadows, there has to be a light source somewhere. We are told in the Scripture in Revelation 21-23, and in the new world to come through our Savior, and the city has no need of the sun or moon to shine out on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Grandma Kay knew this. Now, even though she walked through this valley over the past couple of years, that the very shepherd that was leading her through that valley was leading her through the valley to himself. This light that casts over the valley that this uh, death and this broken body she had was just a shadow. Um, we were able to go through Romans 5 as well with her. Romans 5, 3 through 5. We rejoice in suffering, 
knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. As everyone that's talked already, uh, my grandma Kay had that character. Uh, it's kind of hard to find words to describe her character. Within Psalm 23, she focused also on the fact that we are being led by a shepherd. And as verse 4 says, our shepherd carries his rod and his staff. Um, a lot of the time, again, this is looked at as just as a defense, but we know that shepherds also discipline their sheep with that staff. Grandma would be the voice first to say that she was a sinner saved by grace. Um, we don't always understand what happens in this world and why it does to those. But as my brother has stated and my uncle and my dad, Grandma's character was formed by these trials, by the Lord's discipline in her life. Um, one thing about my grandma is that everyone knew how much she loved her family and that love was genuine. Uh, there was nothing ever backhanded with my grandma. Um, you knew if you were calling her, you better have some time set aside because she was going to be talking to you for a while. Um, she gave without wanting anything back. As newly, uh, newly married man, me and my wife had many conversations about um, the life we want to live, the way we want to raise our children. There are a few people that come to mind in these days and times of examples to live by, but through my parents, by the fruit of my grandma and my grandpa, knowing what's most important, anyone that knows my grandma and grandpa know they don't have a lot of things. My grandma would go broke or go homeless before anyone in her family needed something or didn't have it. Uh, my grandma's eternal perspective on life through these past couple of years, and as long as I can remember as a child, was always on us kids and supporting my mom and dad through the many uh, trials they've had. <clears throat> I know my grandpa's selfless sacrifice for this family with his time was lit by the fire of my grandma behind him. Oh, uh, the sting of death is real. We have hope in our Lord, but we also have hope that our Lord, who was the God-man, shortest verse in the Bible recorded in John eleven thirty-five, 35, was that he wept at the loss of one of his friends. Um, as Pastor Phil said, the encouragement we have today is not that the sting of death is not there, but where our hope is is the day to come. And that as our sh our hope is that our shepherd guides us through this valley, that we do not focus on the things of this world and the flesh, but on man, through the glory of the Lord and his eternal promises in us. Uh, Grandma understood this. In the last message she left my mom's quarter on Monday night uh, that I have recorded, but I don't think I have the strength to play it right now. Um, as my uncle said, the Lord speaking through her, Second Corinthians chapter 4. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that surpassing power belongs to God, not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, 
so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh, so that death is at work in us, but the life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe, so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. As me and Daniel uh, said goodbye to her on Monday, not knowing it would be her last, but I think we both kind of knew. Uh, Grandma's gypsy spirit was there, uh, yelling at us to go grab cash so she could drink a Sprite as we left. Um, but as she was being rolled down the hallway, she made sure to stop and yell back over her shoulder, I love you both more than your tongue can tell. Um, through that last visit, her just gasping for air, just to encourage us with the verses we were trying to read to her, not knowing she had all them memorized already. Um, but as me and Daniel left, we both kind of just looked at each other and just uh, prayed and asked the Lord for his mercy. And even in death, our Lord is merciful, and we know where she is.
not who's at your table or where you lay down. It's not about spreading your wings on the ground. It's all about Him and the love that He gives. Redemption and hope for all who have sinned. You can walk all along, never find your way home. It's all about Him. morning. Most of you know me as Megan or Meg, but to Grandma, I was always Maggie. I'm her one and only granddaughter. Um, I first just wanted to take a moment and on behalf of our family, thank all of you for being here with us today to celebrate Grandma's life. But also, I want to thank so many of you for all the love you showed to Grandma over the last few weeks months and years as she was sick. So many of you brought meals, visited her, called her, prayed for her. Just thank you for loving, our, loving her and our family through this time. Okay. Um, it was really hard for me to know where to begin in talking about grandma. I sat at my laptop crying and wishing I could pick up the phone and call her and ask her for help. It was 9 o'clock at night 
she most definitely would still be awake because she was a night owl and we had our best conversations late into the night. Oftentimes I would be falling asleep and she would be talking away and she would say, Maggie, you still there? Then she would say she better let me get some rest so I can chase around those handsome great-grandsons of hers who she lovingly referred to as Einstein, Tom Fury, and Paul Bunyan. And anyone who knows my kids knows exactly which one is which. <laughs> then there would be the I love you game. I love you more than tongue can tell. I love you to the moon and back. I love you more than all the holes and all the curtains in all the world. <laughs> you always got off the phone with her feeling so loved and cherished. That was a special gift of grandma's. She had the most loving and compassionate heart for others. She truly saw people. She noticed people that others would look right past. Whether it was the nurse drawing her blood, or the lady in line at the post office, or the homeless man sitting out in front of a storefront, she would go out of her way to make people feel seen and valued. She was a caretaker. She was my caretaker, rocking me to sleep and creating the I Love You song for her newborn granddaughter that would scream her head off for hours on end. And I can picture her sitting in the rocking chair with all the compassion and gentleness and patience, just rocking me and singing to me as I screamed bloody murder in her face. And now as a mother, I tr truly realize what a saint she was. <laughs> she watched all of us kids growing up. All day long, she would be with us, taking us for walks, exploring, keeping us entertained, playing on the floor with us. And even after a long day and my parents got home from work, she would never say no if we asked to go home with her for a sleepover. Then she would keep us up late into the night watching movies, eating popcorn, and circus peanut candies. I would usually pass out with her rubbing my arms and playing with my hair. She never once made us feel like a burden. She was always there with us kids. She made it known constantly that we were her joy and that she had the greatest job and getting to take care of us. Ugh. She had such a heart for children, such patience and gentleness with them, and children were drawn to her. Watching her love and adore my boys over these last few years was such a joy. Her seeds, she would call them. She didn't have much strength the last few years, but that wouldn't stop her from coming over and holding the babies. <laughs> she would look them over and find any little feature that was hers. Oh, a Roger hairline. Oh, this one has a crooked finger. <laughs> look at that Irish red hair. That's probably one of the hardest parts in all of this for me is knowing how badly she wanted to enjoy this next generation of hers. How much she wanted to get better so she could help me and so she could have the boys over to play. But I know what she would say right now to me 
Maggie, it wasn't the Lord's will. It wasn't his plan. He called me home. Rejoice. Grandma always, always pointed us to Jesus. Anytime I called her with a problem or a worry, she would point me to scripture. She would pray with me. She would encourage me to keep my focus on the Lord. And I have no doubt where she is right now. She's in the arms of our Savior. And what peace and assurance that I will see her again one day. And what a glorious reunion that will be. And until that day comes, I will miss her every day of my life. I've already found myself several times this week wishing so bad I could call and tell her about something the boys did or said. But I will hold on to all the memories we made, all the laughs we had, all the hugs and kisses, all the I love yous. I know every time I see a music box, a beautiful garden, sees candy, orange marmalade, Cafe de Vida, a boxer, furry boots, a clottering, or really Irish anything, I will think of her. Every time I hear a siren, I will think of her. She had taught me that every time I hear or see an emergency vehicle to stop and pray for those in need. That's what I do now and what I've taught my boys too. And I will teach my boys all about her. They will know how much she loved them and us all and how truly unique and special she was. And she will continue to be a part of our nightly bedtime routine as her I love you song will be sung every night to my babies and maybe hopefully one day to their babies. That's how I would like to end this today is with sharing her special song with you all. Um, I have it recorded on my phone. Thank you for destroying me before I have to speak, Megan. You've heard it several times. 
this morning, the testimony of her family that Kay was a believer, follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus was her Lord and Savior. And this reality brings me and others, uh, many others, I would say, very much comfort. It brings us great comfort because we, we know where she is. We know what she's experiencing now. And um, I'd like to uh, try to comfort you this morning by describing what the Bible says about the passing of those who are in Christ. These are blessings Kay is experiencing right now. They're blessings that she will experience in the future when the Lord Jesus returns to gather his people and establish his throne on earth. First of all, Kay is experiencing Jesus' physical presence. Those who, who know Christ and are following Christ and love Christ, believing in Christ, we have to our relationship with him is it's it's based on faith and believing. It's not he's not here with us now. But one day we will be with him. In 2 Corinthians 5 8, it says, To be absent from these bodies is to be present with the Lord. As soon as Kay breathed her last breath, she was in the presence of Jesus, the physical presence of Jesus. And that has got to be a sight to behold. Secondly, Kay is experiencing what the Bible calls paradise, another word for heaven. Luke 23, 43 says, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus actually speaking to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus knew that thief was going to die on that cross that day and that he would be in the presence of Jesus later that day. This is not Hawaii, which is a type of paradise, Fiji, a type of paradise, or Ceres, a type of paradise. That's a joke. This is real, actual paradise. Paradise. Thirdly, Kay is experiencing the place that Jesus prepared for her. John 14, 2, Jesus says to his disciples on the night of his betrayal and arrest prior to that during dinner, he says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? The way we interpret this verse is that Jesus is personally preparing a place for each of his Children or brothers, we should say. Every follower. It's pretty amazing to think that she is in this place that Jesus all along has been preparing for her. How magnificent it must be. Fourthly, Kay is experiencing freedom from sin and all associated suffering. One of the great struggles of the Christian is he or her, having to battle the flesh and sin and the devil and these sorts of things. Uh, sin is, a, is an adversary that uh, every Christian has to deal with, and it's, it's a tough and difficult adversary. 
Suffering, of course, is all induced and caused by sin. That's how suffering came into the world. These things are terrible things, sin and suffering. They're things that plague us all. We're all suffering right now, are we not? To a degree, yes, at least emotionally. In Romans 7, 24 to 25, Paul said, Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. The moment she breathes her last breath, she's in the presence of Jesus, she's in paradise, she's in the place that he prepared, sin and suffering, all associated suffering, gone. She doesn't have to deal with these things anymore. That frail body that was falling apart, gone. Sin and suffering are gone. Fifthly, Kay is experiencing eternal joy and pleasure. It's amazing that sometimes when he interacted with her, you would have never guessed that she was suffering because she had the joy of the Lord in this life. But the moment that a saint breathes their last breath, they are ushered into the presence of God, the literal physical presence of God where there is the fullness of joy, and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 1611, one of my favorite verses. I like to call it unmitigated joy. You know, down on this side of, of glory in heaven, there are things that impact our lives and attempt to rob us of our joy, and sometimes they do in some sense, but not for Kay. All the things that rob us of our joy are gone in our Father's abode in heaven. Sixth, sixth K is experiencing eternal rest. We've heard that, right? People enter into rest. Revelation 14, 13, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, not outside of the Lord, in the Lord, that means by faith. He says, from now on, blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. There's no labor in heaven, only worship. She is at rest, a rest that, quite frankly, I... I dream of and pray for because this life does not bring it, does it? Seven, in the future, these are future things that Kay will experience. In the future, Kay will experience the resurrection unto eternal life or everlasting life. First Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and the voice of the archangel and it with and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. This speaks of the return of Jesus Christ. His people who have passed on and uh, who have died, their bodies will be raised. They will uh, be resurrected unto eternal life. The soul will meet back with the body, and they live forever in, unto eternal life. This is something that she is going to experience, something that every Christian will experience. That's a day that, that many of us long for, to get out of these physical bodies to be with Jesus and then to be reunited with our bodies so that we can have a physical person, but it's a perfect body, it's a glorified body, not one that gets cancer and these sorts of things. Number eight, in the future, Kay will experience a new imperishable body, right? You have the resurrected body, and it is a new imperishable body that is coming to her. 1 Corinthians 15, 53, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, 
for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. I love that word imperishable. These bodies that we have now are perishable. They're falling apart. COVID tells us that, does it not? But that's not what's in store for Kay. She's in the physical presence of Jesus. She's in paradise. She's in the place he prepared for her. She's free from sin and associated suffering. She has eternal, everlasting joy and pleasures forevermore. She is at rest. There's no labor there. She doesn't have to clock in. And she will experience the resurrection unto eternal life. And she will receive an imperishable body one day. As we can see, Kay is doing just fine. She's doing just fine. She's doing much better than we are. Amen? Much better than we are. She is enjoying these glorious blessings in heaven while we mourn down here. And I think that if she could speak to us, I believe she would not only affirm the things that I have just described to you, but that she would also urge us to follow her example. She would. Now she's tasting paradise right now. If she could come back, she would say, do as I did so that, so that you can experience these blessings. She would say, Become a believer, become a disciple, become a a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and live. Trust me, it's worth it. We desire what Kay is experiencing now and will experience in the future when Jesus returns. And if we desire to see her again one day, and all our loved ones who were Christians, who are in the Lord's presence now, if we desire what she is experiencing, what she will experience, to see our loved ones, to see her, to be reunited with her, we have to follow her example. There's no other way. What's her example? We need to follow her example. We need to repent of our unbelief. Some of you in this very room right now are deliberately choosing not to believe in Jesus. You say, that's not for me, that's just religion. You want what she's got? You want to see her? You want to see that grandmother who loved the Lord? Passed away decades ago. Want to be cleansed of your sin? You're a sinner. It's not a popular thing to say from pulpits today. You know you're a sinner. Your conscience tells you so. The scripture tells you so. You've got to be like her and you've got to repent. You've got to stop disbelieving and choosing no faith and put your faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ so that we can be cleansed, so that you can be cleansed of your unrighteousness, so that you can be forgiven of your sins, so that you can be made righteous, so that you can be justified by God. Some of you think that 
you know, on, on Judgment Day, if there is such a thing, you wonder if there is. There is, but you wonder if that day comes, then maybe the scales will be tipped in your favor because you do some pretty decent things. In fact, before you came in, there was a guy lying on the sidewalk out there. You offered him a sandwich. Who knows? Who knows what good things you do? Are we unaware of what Isaiah 64 says, that our best deeds are but filthy rags before God? There's no way to earn your way into heaven. There's no good people. We're all sinners. I am the, the chief of sinners in this room. Scales won't be tipped in favor. They'll be tipped against you. We need to be cleansed. We need to be forgiven. We need to be made righteous. We need to be justified. The Scripture teaches these things. I could give you endless passages. Ezekiel 36, 25, Ephesians 1, 7, Romans 3, 22, Romans 5, 1, and on and on and on. The Bible has our diagnosis down perfectly. And if we continue to reject Jesus Christ and die in unbelief, not seeing K again will be the least of your worries. That'll be the least of your trouble. We will, the scripture says, we will die in our sins. We will face judgment. We will experience God's wrath for all eternity. John 8, 24, Hebrews 9, 27, Revelation 20, 15. Think about that, to be thrown into the lake of fire. It's not a jacuzzi. Maybe we don't understand as well that in the future these bodies of ours, if we reject Jesus, this is what happens. These bodies of ours, they will be resurrected. All people will be resurrected. But those who are outside of Christ, they're not going to be resurrected unto everlasting life. They are resurrected unto everlasting shame and contempt. Daniel 12, 2. God gives you a body that is fit for suffering forever because you rejected his only begotten son, because you, you, you spurned the gospel. You, you didn't follow Kay's example. This is serious stuff. It is comforting to know that, that Kay is in heaven with Jesus and that she is experiencing these blessings that I've described from Scripture. It's very comforting, I think, for us to know that. But lasting comfort will not come to us until we are at peace with God and we ourselves are headed toward heaven, toward those celestial shores, toward paradise, toward the physical presence of Jesus, toward everlasting joy and, and, and pleasures and, and the place that he fit and formed for us. Lasting comfort only comes when you know that you are at peace with God and that heaven is yours, that the kingdom of God is yours. Repent and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ now and follow him. You will be at peace with God. Heaven will be your future home. These blessings that I've described will be yours. You will see Kay again. You will see Kay again. Father, 
It's an unpopular thing today to talk about sin and hell and these sorts of things, but these are the things that the Bible warns us about. Maybe I've made myself unpopular now because of what I've said, but I, I really don't care. This isn't a popularity contest. I'm not trying to make friends. I'm trying to preach the gospel so that your people can be saved. Kay set an example for us through her repentance and faith. Give us the grace and the Holy Spirit so that we can follow that example. We need to be cleansed of our sin and our unrighteousness. We have offended you. We have transgressed your laws. God, you are merciful. You are merciful in Christ and in Christ alone. You aren't merciful in Buddha. You aren't merciful in Muhammad. You aren't merciful in the idolatrous religions of this world. You are merciful in Christ and in Christ alone. And if we will turn from our sin, turn from our unbelief, and trust in Christ, we are showing that we have received your mercy. And you have more mercy for us as we battle sin. Father, we thank you for the life that Kay lived the example that she set, we thank you that, that by your grace alone she is with you in your presence experiencing everything that we've described and more. Father, I pray that you bring many more of us to your place in heaven by your grace. May your spirit move in our midst, transform hearts, regenerate people, and emboldened and encourage those who are already in Christ. May you, Jesus, be their consolation and their hope. We thank you for those who have spoken and who have shared stories and testimonies and these things. We thank you for the scriptures that were read. It took great courage for a man who is basically clinically blind to come up and read scripture. I thank you for Patrick. What courage. We thank you for our dear sister who is in eternal bliss. Thank you for Kay. May we enjoy a slideshow now as we begin to wrap up. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Questions without answers on 
my faith these billows roll God be now my shelter Why are you cast down my soul Hoping him who saves you When the fires have all grown cold Cause this heart to praise you Loving my Jesus 
That same old life Keep all your pain inside Cause no one will understand The last thing this lost world needs Is someone I'm trying to be Truth that has set me free Is that I'm just a song's been sung I stand face to face with the one who gave all for me may all I have to show be all that mattered most making your great name known let this be my only legacy Loving my One of the things I always love about those 
slideshows as the clothes that people wore through the decades. You were a total goober, Dave. Looked like you were wearing mom jeans for a minute there. I was like, maybe this is the guy that needs prayer. What a great video. Well done, Megan. Well done. That concludes our celebration of life for Kay. Quick, a couple of quick announcements. Firstly, uh, we have a, a church that meets here every Sunday at 10 a.m. You're more than welcome to come back and join us tomorrow. We'd love to have you. Uh, secondly, we have refreshments for you in that room right over there. So uh, we have a lot of people here today, so it's going to be a little crammed, but uh, maybe you can line up and get back there and get some refreshments. Spend some time hanging out, just fellowshipping, and it would be wonderful if you could encourage the family. Uh, another thing I'd lastly would be just urge you to keep praying for Don and the family. Um, you know, they're, they're closest to the epicenter of this thing, and as uh, I think James said it earlier, death does have a, a sting to it, and it stings those who are closest to those who have passed. So just keep praying for them, encouraging them. And uh, our hope is in Christ. It's not in this life. It's not in the next president. It's not in any of this stuff. It's not in these physical bodies. It's in Jesus. I pray that you come to know that hope that you've heard today and listened and that you'll turn to Jesus. Father, thank you for this time again, for everyone who served and put this thing together in honor of Kay and in honor of your glory. Uh, bless the food to our bodies. Remind us to, to love the family and care for the family, especially for Don. Thank you for each person who's come here, Lord, that you have impressed your word upon their hearts, that they're thinking about the things that were said that those who already named Jesus, they've been encouraged and emboldened to go out and be missionaries. Those who don't, that they've been pricked in their spirit and convicted of sin. That they would come running to Jesus for salvation. His arms are open to us. Thank you for everything that you've done. We lift up the family to you once more. May we enjoy this time of, of hanging out. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.